Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms, legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports. I'm here in Las Vegas again. Haven't quite moved yet. Uh, with um, my great co-host, the wonderful Jamal Murphy. Jamal, what's happening? Nothing much, man. I'm hoping I'm hoping you don't leak this tape like uh, like Swaggy P. We don't want to get in trouble here. <laughs> what was this? Uh, I guess we'll talk <laughs> yeah, we'll about talk, this later. We'll Just give, about, us, we'll, give us we'll a We'll talk about D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know, being ostracized by the rest of the Lakers for some uh, some uh, taping of conversations. Uh, Let's say. Oh wow! Yeah. Great, yo man. Let's, that's that's what they call the tease. I can't wait, <laughs> man. That's always great. Yet another. I guess the more, more marriages bite the yes. dust. Yes, that's what it looks like. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I hate to see that, right, but yeah. um, and then um, you know, obviously, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the regionals. You were in Philadelphia. Right. I was in Chicago, back home in Chicago. Uh, watched some pretty interesting basketball. Miraculous Syracuse. So we will talk about that, the tournament, and we'll talk about what's going to we'll, we'll be together down in Houston. So we'll talk about uh, March Madness in the Final Four. And uh, then I'm here in Vegas with a very interesting tournament, something called the Las Vegas 16. It's eight, the eight teams that were overlooked by the, by the NCAA. They were overlooked by the NIT. And but the, and, here they and are. the CIT and the CBI. And the CIT and the CBI. <laughs> they were just overlooked. I think, they were, I think that makes them the 128 teams uh, <laughs> in the tournament. Yeah, but it's been great. So we'll talk about that and more on uh, another version of Bill Roden on sports. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. Anyway, so we're back. Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, Jamal. Hey, Jamal, you were down in Philadelphia. Um, you were you saw North Carolina just essentially just treat the rest of the field like they were they, they were schoolboys, right? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty uh, impressive. And let me just say, you know, I've been reminding you guys that North Carolina was my original pick to win it all. Let me just put that out there oh, really? again. Really? How many times? Really? You know, I have to keep saying it. Really? Just letting you know. For the final four? Just, but they have they have looked the most dominant out of anybody, if I may say so myself. Uh, they <laughs> Well, yeah, since you, <laughs> since you, since you <laughs> start bragging. Let me ask you a yeah. question. Did we have any bets on this or something? No, nah, we, you know, we, we, we didn't follow through with it, unfortunately, you know. And, uh, and I okay. knew I was right, you know, so it was my fault. I should have <laughs> I should have followed through. Well, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. But, yeah, but but seriously, I mean, what what is – we've seen a lot of teams. What is – what makes them – what makes North Carolina so strong? You know, I was thinking – well, go ahead. What makes North Carolina so strong outside of the fact that they're unencumbered by having to study African history? <laughs> <laughs> maybe you know maybe that's part of it we, we'll never we don't we don't know for sure but uh i mean they're just they're just the most talented team uh especially offensively uh in the nation and everybody pretty much knew that plus plus they're they're uh you know they have they're based on seniors and and juniors uh marcus page is a senior 
Bryce Johnson is, is a senior, and those are their two top players. So we have that going for them. Roy Williams, you know, he gets a lot of flack, but obviously he's one of the best coaches in the game. Oh, There's no question about yeah. that. And they're just putting it together. I mean, they, they've, they've, they've played well, as Roy Williams tried to remind us, the, you know, all through the regional that they've been good all, good all year, but they haven't gotten the credit. But they've definitely stepped it up a notch since they, be, they won at Duke in, uh, in Cameron. And ever since then, you know, they, ha- they haven't looked back, and they've been pretty much dominant. I mean, they, they killed Indiana in the Sweet 16. Notre Dame gave them a game. Notre Dame played really well in the first half and kept it close. Got to get some more brothers on the yeah, team. Yeah, well, you know, you know, they'll try. But, um, <laughs> you know, they kept it close, but North Carolina was too much. And now, you know, they get, you know, a team that you saw in your region, Syracuse. Yeah, Syracuse, that, that's going to be a very – that's going to be an interesting game. I mean, the interesting thing about this, you've got three ACC teams in, in, in the in the final – I mean, uh, two ACC teams in the final right. four. I mean, suddenly – the ACC, I, I don't know if I should say suddenly, but for the last two seasons, man, the ACC has just been killing it. I mean, you're right. I mean, thanks in large part with this big infusion of blood from the a, from the from the old right. Big East, uh, Syracuse, Notre right. Dame, Pitt, uh, Pitt, uh, Pitt, you know, Pitt, um, uh, Boston College. Uh, I'm sure those schools are very. I mean, Pitt is lost, man. That's the probably the worst decision. Pitt has ever made. I mean, they come from the, they come from the Big East, where they kind of, you know, they're in some kind of play. Right. Then they go to, then they go to the ACC with 15 teams. Man, they, they're lost. I mean, they can't even. Well, they, they, you did, know. they did make. They made the. They squeaked into the tournament. Um, but you're right. They've been pretty average since since they left the Big East. And, I, and in fact, they, you know, Jamie Dixon, their coach, moved on. He left the Pitt job, which yeah. you would think is a good job. He left it to go Not back anymore. to his alma mater, uh, TCU. Who's been at the bottom of yeah. the Big Twelve? So you got to scratch well, your head. What, a what, what does that say? Yeah, what do you say? I mean, but there was a time when that would have just been, you know, just unfathomable. Yeah, now to me, I, I, yeah, now I'm like yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe. I was like, what is he doing? But I mean, he, you know, he went there to alma mater. I get that, but a lot, you know, people don't just leave, you know, a good job in the ACC to the worst job in the Big Twelve, but. I guess well, there was, there's probably the, something look, going on there, for sure. Yeah, well, look for the investigation. <laughs> look, look, look for an NCAA investigation. Yeah, maybe the way things are going. Yeah, but you know, you, yeah, but you 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 mentioned uh, Syracuse. I mean, it, I, I I must say though, I don't know if I I didn't brag quite as much as you did. In fact, I don't think I mentioned this at all. But I thought that when they got in the tournament, just knowing Bayheim, I said, you know, this is the kind of team you know, that could find itself. I didn't think the Final Four, but could really win because Bayheim always does it. You play teams that aren't used to playing for that two three zone and you know, if you've not played against that zone, you know, I mean it's really it's really a killer. And this I don't think is necessarily the best Syracuse zone, but it just baffles people. You know, they just one after the other. So I think now the team that they didn't baffle was North Carolina. Right. <laughs> they they weren't baffled at all. So but but you never know, man. I mean you get in this one one and one and done type of situation, and and you mentioned North Carolina's upperclassmen. Actually, I think almost every team playing has a fair number of upperclassmen. North Carolina, as you mentioned, uh, Syracuse actually has a number of upper. I think they only have one freshman in the lineup. Right, uh, who happens to be probably their best player. Yeah, but, right. but you're right. I mean, uh, you know, they have, I think they have two fifth-year seniors on their team. Not not the graduate transfer types that we've been talking about, but they actually have two fifth-year seniors that have been at Syracuse pretty much that long. Yeah. Let me ask you this. 
we're going to talk about this in the next segment. But what do you think is worse? I mean, I, I joked a little bit about um, Africa. There, there are probably a lot of people that didn't know what I was talking about when I joked about because the North Carolina uh, players didn't have to study African history. You know, that's the big scandal right. that's still being investigated at uh, University of North Carolina over a period of, I forgot the number of years, but there was this whole academic scandal where, and it wasn't just the athletic department. It was university-wide where uh, people take these bogus African studies and African-American studies courses. Right. And apparently, you know, it was it, there were these, these dummy courses where kids got passed through and didn't have to write papers and all that. I was thinking it would have been so funny. My fantasy is if I had this team and we play North Carolina, we would call out all our plays. We They would be like African country. <laughs> you know, we say, okay, Nigeria, look. And then at the post-game conference, they say, well, weren't you afraid that they would pick up your plays? Well, no, because we know they didn't study it. They, 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 didn't, know, they, they didn't know what these countries were. <laughs> right, right. Nigeria, where is that? Right, right, right. Is that even that? You know, but it's just, I mean, well, that's a, that's how a good cynical idea. is that's that? That's great. I like that. I wish yeah. I was. I wish I was playing against them. And we, you should. You should have told Bayheim to uh, employ that strategy. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll say it's, it's too, yeah, not, it's not too, too late. late. We'll, we'll see. You'll see him uh, Thursday. You're gonna be down there Thursday or Friday. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be down there okay. Friday. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you're getting there no, Thursday. No, I'm getting there Friday morning. Friday. Yeah. So we, you know, we call it employ the African strategy <laughs> versus North Carolina. You know, you you show a map of the court, right. and 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 you so the court would be like. You know, in in your offensive side, it would be a it would be a, like a map of Africa. Right. It would be around the baseline. I mean, the uh, top of the key would be like North Africa. <laughs> On the other side, it would be like West Africa. Right. And you basically say open. You say okay, Sierra Leone. Right. Uh, see, you know, and that, but if, you know, and what it was is that if you call Sierra Leone, you're going to run your offense on the west side of the thing. And if you said Morocco, right, because then you said Kenya, Kenya, Kenya. Right. And then if you say uh, if you say like uh, Johannesburg, Joburg, Joburg, you know you go south. Well, because these guys have no idea in North Carolina what you're talking about because they never studied. Every day. they thought you might be talking like to China or something, right. you know. But, and, th- and then you and then the joy though would be to to say afterwards. Well, yeah, we were going to run. We have our our African offense because we know the North Carolina players don't know anything about you know African geography because. They were just bogus courses. Right. Know? No, I hear you. I mean, but, uh, you know, Roy Williams, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, he brought this up a couple times. Like he he referred to the scandal and all that. And he, he tried to make it clear that this team had nothing to do with uh, with with that scandal. That's what he says, at least. And and in fact, he tried to say that the basketball program really had nothing to do with it and basically implied it was it was a football Roy, deal. Stop. But um. Oh, 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 throwing football in the I mean, pre- I mean, he didn't. He didn't That's mention football, but he said it wasn't. He said a couple times he referenced that it wasn't that basketball had nothing to do with it. And in fact, you know, uh, at one of the press conferences, he he touched on what it's been like to coach this season's team amid the NCAA investigation into the academic fraud, and uh, you know, and how it's been as far as you know, coaching a team embroiled in controversy. And this is what he said: the things that those kids have done. Uh, they've really been special to me because the times have been tough the last two or three years. I've never had my, I've never had my credibility questioned. I've never had things happen to me that's happened the last three years. And going on that court with those guys has really been neat. That's really been something special.
We had a problem. We're embarrassed. We're mad. We're ticked off about what happened. But we know that men's basketball had nothing to do with it, and we were very proud of that. But again, as I said the other day, my integrity and credibility has never been questioned. And some people, particularly some media people, took their chances. And uh, I didn't like that at all. And I'll never forget over that. But uh, the bottom line is I was able to go to practice every day. And uh, my team made it a heck of a lot of fun. And I'd like that to be the story instead of the other junk. The other junk's gotten about a million times more publicity than, uh, uh, than I care to think about. With all due respect. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, you know I like you. <laughs> I just don't, you know, I think this, this scandal embroiled everybody. And I, and I, I would still tell you, I was willing to bet these people, we could still run our, our African offense against this North Carolina team, and they still wouldn't know what the well, hell you're talking about. you're probably about. right, because they abolished the program. You know, it was, a, it, was a farce, it was a farce of a class, and now that class doesn't exist. So now they can't even pretend to take that class. So you're probably right. But you know what, though? If there's one way to get them to study, if they knew we were running the African offense, I bet you those brothers would know, they'd know Africa better than you'd ever thought. They would know every single thing. About our no offense, because they, they they study in the next two days. They be study. They would tell you stuff well, then, about that. And Roy would be the professor in that case. So and, you know, and he's a great coach. That's I'm right. Sure he could be a great professor. It's no problem. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> who, who who do you um, uh, who do you like? That I mean, again, when people listen to this in the summer and they go back and they want to f- find out the predictions of Bill Roden on sports, um, who who will you say? will be playing for the championship uh, on Monday, April That's a, It's a tough one, 4th. man. I, I mean, as far as as far as far that, that Syracuse-North Carolina game, you know, I love what Syracuse has done. I agree with you that it's a one-game scenario. The zone is tough. Uh, Bayheim's also a great coach. He ha- He's had his issues as well, don't forget. Yeah, he was actually well, suspended this year for, for – Suspended for nine, nine games to start the year. I mean – what are we talking about here, man? <laughs> the corruption ball. This might as well be an NBA game, but you know, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with. Uh, I'm gonna stick with stick with North Carolina. Like I said, I think they're the best team in the field. Uh, they've been dominant throughout. You know, they smacked. The only the only shaky game was really their first game against uh, Florida Gulf Coast, the 16 seed, and they didn't blow them out from the start. That's the only shaky part of the tournament for them. They blew out Providence in the second round. They blew out Indiana. They handled Notre Dame relatively. Easy. I mean, I never thought the game was in doubt, really, against right. Notre Dame. So, I, you know, North Carolina's hitting on all all cylinders. And also, you know, you can tell that, that Roy Williams, I mean, we know he's a sentimental guy in general, but you can really tell that he loves coaching this team. And, you know, he, you know here he is again talking about what it meant to him to get this particular team to the Final Four. It is really special, and that's the reason I even know how many times we've done it. Uh, this is my eighth time in 28 years as a head coach. I've had great players that have taken me. The thing I'm really proud of is I've taken my high school coach with me to eight Final Fours, and he'll be going again this weekend. But, uh, you know, Marcus, the things he said there were really nice, and I've said to some, this to some of you folks out there on the court. I've never wanted anything in my life for someone else as much as I wanted to get this bunch to the Final Four. I'm corny, I'm old-fashioned, I'm uh, anything you want to say. But fortunately for me, I was very lucky that I've had some big-time players. In 2007, I was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And the worst feeling I've ever had is I started thinking about my 97 team at Kansas because I felt like I hadn't done anything because I didn't get those guys to the Final Four. And that was something I'll never get over. 
and this one would have been even tougher. And so uh, what those kids, uh, I wanted it so much for them, but I guess in the back of my head I didn't want to have those regrets too. But uh, never in my life have I ever wanted anything as much for somebody else as I wanted these guys to go to Houston. You know, it's, it's funny listening to that. I'm thinking of Bayheim because he was talking about this, you know, they were down by, I think, 15 points to Virginia. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and, and came back. He said, I've been coaching for X number of years, but this was, he called this the, the greatest uh, comeback of any Syracuse team that he had coached, which is, which is saying right. a lot for him to no say question. that. Uh, you know, I also asked him, um, because, you know, again, the ACC has got two teams in the Final Four this year. And I, I said, well, you know, I asked him, uh, about the Big East because he was coaching. Obviously, he was a coach in the Big East in 1985 when the Big East put three teams in the Final Four, Georgetown, St. John's, and Villanova. And uh, I asked him, did he think that this ACC was stronger than that Big East? And this is what he said. You know, they want me to say, you know, I can't say that. No. I was in that league 30 years. I was in this league 30 years, and I can't say that. You know, I love yeah. – I love, I, I gotta admit, man. You know, for some reason, I've always loved Bayheim. I love his, uh, I love his sense of humor or his dry sense of humor, <laughs> and I love the fact right. that he just keeps it. He, he keeps it real with the Big East. He will not budge on his Big right. East pride, no matter. You know, he knows he's in the ACC, but he will not budge on. You know, he will not take the bait and say that the ACC is better than the Big East. I love that. I thought, yeah, you're right. I think, I mean, it's, it's so funny. I thought that was great. And it really caught even me by surprise, just the way he said it. Well, you know, I know that that's what you want me to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you're right. He said, I can't say that. I mean, you know, and I was actually thinking about it. I mean, that was, uh, again, I, I really am not one of these guys that likes to keep saying, the, you know, the, the, the past was better than the, than the right. present because I just don't necessarily think right. that. It was, I think, for everybody who was a part of that, the coverage, those of us, of us who covered it, it was a very, it was a very unique time, I think, in college basketball. And I think we talked about this last time. I think that the Big East is really in position to recreate that model, except they're going to have to go uh, nationwide. I know, yeah, Pat, that, Pat, we went through yeah. this again. We, we won't do it again. The, we have a team in the Final Four. Yes, Where, the Big the, East is in the oh, Final Four. Oh, that's right, Pat. Let's. Pat, let's let's yeah. I don't want to overlook you. I mean, you know, even though your C Dahl team just got, <laughs> oh, they they wasted no time getting wasted. Yeah, did, we, did we talk about that? Like what happened? Yeah, yeah no. Oh, that's right. No. We didn't beat Pat up. We didn't beat you up the, over the last that. time. I think we talked. We we're right. We we didn't talk no, about that. Right, last when we last left you, you were crowing about yeah, Seton Hall. I, and I also said Syracuse had no business being <laughs> in the tournament. <laughs> you were one of those. Uh, yeah. So I've been wrong. Yeah, you know that's that's the way it goes, man. That's right. well, maybe next year for Seton Hall, or maybe not because uh, if, White has White is probably leaving. If he stays, if he comes back, very maybe. unlikely. I know. Why would he stay? Well, I mean, well, practically, he, want, he, he wants he to stick around for that. Of that yeah, game. He wants to stick around and take uh, African American history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. See, oh, now see, now the Seton Hall people say cheap shot. <laughs> they start, They have a black history course, I'm sure don't they? they? Do. I'm, I'm sure, sure they do. Yeah, right. Of course. Of course they do. Everybody's oh, yeah, let's not, let's right, not go sorry, down that path. But 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 what do you think is worse though? I mean, do you think it's worse to we talk a lot about one and dones and somebody was telling me because I wrote a column uh after the Syracuse game talking about, you know, this ACC, these teams are senior laden. Right. 
And I thought that basically, I mean, I find it obscene, you know, basically to have guys stay on campus for like six months and then leave. Right. But, of course, people reminded me, that wait a minute, Duke? Are you kidding me? But, but it, it raised the point, do you think it's better to have guys stay for four years, you know, four years, five, and, and potentially take some bogus courses, or do you think the one and done is better? I'd rather see him stick around and take bogus classes, yeah. honestly. Uh, I, I'm with your mom, man. Yeah. I'd rather see that. <laughs> and, that. And that's for the, you know, it's, it's a lot. You know, we've talked about this before. I think, uh, one, I think, you, you know, you, you might take a couple of bogus classes, but, you know, you might end up taking a real class by accident. It's possible. You might yeah, right, learn something right. by accident. And also, the the for the game, for the good of the games, uh, you know, obviously it makes, I think this season has been great for college basketball. The tournament's been great. Part of that, people have said, is because of the, uh, you know, senior-laden teams. There are more of them now. Uh, more kids, more kids have stayed, or at least the kids, you know, that weren't going to be lottery after their freshman year, and it's also it's also good for the NBA game because the NBA game, you know, struggles because of all these young, all these young, immature talents that are in the league, <clears throat> including who we'll talk about later, D'Angelo Russell, and you have all this, you know, he's a 19 year old hmm. kid, and obviously, you know, you get in there and you're in over your head on, on not just on the court but off the court. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I've, I've seen Jamal, too, and Pat. I mean, I, I've seen uh, during the course of the, even this tournament, uh, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago I talked about a conversation I had with uh, the the graduate student from uh, – he, he's playing for Arizona right. now. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've talked to guys when they were freshmen and talked to the same people when they were seniors. It's a big difference, right. man. I mean, it's, it really is a big difference to see the growth – of people, and you, you're right, and I, I also think that this idea of uh, of, of people going, you know, they, they paint everybody with this broad brush of, of everybody takes bogus classes. Right. I don't think that, right. and I think a lot of people say it because it's a large number of black kids right. in that, that that you know, that, well, it's predominantly black, so it must be flawed. But I right. I think there there are a whole bunch of young people who are at these universities, the North Carolinas, right. who are really getting into yeah. it. I mean, who who, who take it seriously, who uh, realize that this is a great opportunity. You know, so I don't think, yeah, I, I mean, and remember in the academic scandal, it wasn't just basketball. It was like across the across uh, all academic uh, boundaries. And if anybody out there is listening to this, and I don't care if you went to Harvard, Ivy, every university has had their little academic scandals. Right. And beyond scandals, everybody's got their little safety net where, you know, everybody gets the test. You know, people. You know, I mean, that's that's as old as right. a hill. No matter, yeah, no matter that, what. That the tests are out. That I mean, so give me a break. Yeah, no, and I, you know, I totally agree. And you know, I'm, I'm joking. I'm laughing about about this. But let me tell you, you know, I was in like, I, you know, I was in Philly. I was covering North Carolina for the past few days, and those kids were very impressive. Uh, you know, that that North Carolina team is filled with intelligent, uh, thoughtful kids. I mean, all of them. Uh, all the ones I talked to, I was impressed by their maturity, by their intelligence, by the depth in you know of topics they would they would discuss. So I was very impressed, and and they convinced me that they probably weren't that they weren't the group <laughs> that uh, that had anything to do with it. In fact, you know Marcus Page is is a three time academic All American. You know he's a senior. Uh, Roy Williams pointed that out. You know, and and stay and staying on on North Carolina, there was a funny moment uh, during during their press conference where. <clears throat> One of their reserves, Theo Pinson, 
Um, he made a name for himself on the court and off the court. And he had a little funny incident during, during the press conference, which was supposed to be Roy Williams and his five starters. And Pinson actually crashed the press conference. It was pretty <laughs> funny. Take a listen. <laughs> I guess. Uh-oh. Where's my chair <laughs> Where my name is, though. <laughs> you guys don't have to put up with him. This I have to put up with him every daggum day. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a nice job, Theo. Okay, I'm just going to Yeah, I appreciate you. It's like I told you, I never have to congratulate him. He congratulates himself. <laughs> I've been coaching 28 years. I've never had one freaking player to walk up in the middle of a damn press conference. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was, that was very funny. That's funny. Uh, Pinson, That's very Pinson funny. is the guy on the team that keeps it loose. And he actually played a pretty, pretty good game after that and helped uh, uh, UNC get to Houston. Yeah, that's very funny, man. I, th- I think you raise a good point. I, I mean, obviously, I don't want to look at th- I mean, this is – this the big time college athletics. There's a large part of it that's accessible, right? Um, uh, but it's largely the administration right. of the, the game, yeah, not the, the game, people not in the game itself. Yeah, yeah but I, I don't want to. You know, again, I, you know, I went to school on an athletic scholarship. Right. I, I really don't want to minimize that because it's, it's 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 a very unique system, and and I think a lot of people really do take advantage of it. Not just in basketball, by right. the way. You know, baseball, volleyball. Uh, golf, track, rowing, I think it's a great everything. golf. Yeah, rowing, yeah, <laughs> rowing, you know, field hockey. Right. Uh, you know, and, and so I think that it's something that's worth preserving. I, 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 and, and I think that you constantly have to critique things, and, and we do. But I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I, I saw, you know, you mentioned the North Carolina players. I was listening to some of the Virginia players. Same thing, right. man. These guys. Really, and in fact, I spoke to a kid uh, in Denver uh, from uh, what's this, over in Gonzaga, right. and he had gone through. You know, he 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 transferred from Tulsa, then he went to Vanderbilt. You know, had issues there, left, and finally it was at uh, Gonzaga where he finally got a chance to play and come into his own, and had a good story. And he told us so. Yes, there 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 are the. Uh, you know, corner cutters and all that, and there will be that in any in any any field that you find. But I th- I think overall, I think most of the kids who who you see during this Final Four weekend are are really they really are student athletes, right? And I think that we need to drive that uh, you know drive that right. home, and you know, give them even extra credit based on how hard it is to do that. Uh, you know, because we know they have a real full time job, which is basketball. Right, and that's probably the only. That's probably my biggest peeve, is that it's so. I, I think that they really do need to look at reeling back how much time they have these kids practicing and all that, because a lot of kids. And I don't know if I mentioned this before. Uh, I was at the University of Arkansas speaking maybe last month, and they were talking about all the kids who were studying abroad, and one of the football players who was a, was a journalist, I did mention this, it was a journalist, said that he would have loved to study abroad for a semester, but he can't because of spring practice and that kind of right. stuff. And I said, no, that's, that cannot be, that, that 
the coach, whoever, you got to let if, if your players want to spend a semester abroad or something, you got to let them do that. So I do think that one of the things they have to look at at this at this whole industry is just again reducing the amount of time that you make these kids practice. I mean, this is not the NBA. Well, the the money's pretty close though. That's CBS. Yeah, for the coaches. Yeah, well, for the coaches, it's not that way. For <laughs> that's the what players. I mean. But yeah, not for the we, but I mean the money. The money that the schools are making based off having these kids practice and and win games. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of that, in Imperial coaches, uh, we're going to be talking about Mike Shashevsky when we come back uh, in our in our uh, next segment of Bill Roden on sports. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on sports. Uh, welcome back to uh, Block B, Bill Roden on sports, and this is a very this this is very 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 uh, interesting. Um, in addition, just the basketball, there was there was an incident that that occurred uh, during the regional. I wasn't there. But this was during the regional when uh, Oregon uh, eliminated Duke from the from the uh, you know from the tournament, and you know as time was running down, uh, one of the kids was actually a very good player, Brooks, because his first name Brooks. Um, you know, time was running down. There was still the shot clock was about to run out. There was still time on the clock, but the shot clock was about to run down. So rather than let the shot clock expire, he just launched this three that went in. You know. And after the game, as, you know, the teams were shaking hands, Krzyzewski stops Brooks. And so from, you know, I'm looking at it, so I'm thinking, oh, he said, hey, you know, the coaches do great game, you know, great game and, you know, good luck in the future. Well, turns out that what Krzyzewski was saying, according to Brooks, was Krzyzewski a little chiding him, saying that you're too good for that, you don't have to do that, you don't have to show off at the end. And so it became this huge you know, firestorm because originally the kids said it to reporters before his locker. Then Shashevsky denied that he said anything like that and got on the reporters. Well, you say anything you want. Then, of course, CBS releases audio of it, and that's exactly what happened. So then, you know, Shashevsky had to issue an apology. And and uh, so, Jamal, you saw it. And, Pat, you saw What did you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't actually see – I wasn't watching it live. I did see – I did see the, the live version of the uh, handshake – and I did see Coach K stop and talk to to Brooks in the in the handshake line, and I obviously he, he had a few things to say. So it was it was weird when he first denied. You know, then then Brooks goes on to the press conference and says, "Yeah, Coach K told me you know I shouldn't act like that, and I basically agree with him. He's right. You know, I need to control my emotions, and I could I should be a I should have better sportsmanship. Blah blah blah." And then Coach K goes up there and denies that that conversation took place. That that just sounded fishy to me right away before I before I saw any evidence or anything because you know I did see him stop and talk to him. Um, and why would the kid lie? It didn't you know? It didn't make any sense. Right. And I guess you know I looked at it like I guess Coach K is trying. You know he knows he was wrong to even stop another kid from you know to try to discipline to try to teach or discipline another kid on another team. And he must know he's wrong. Yeah. And and who knows? I mean, there's this old code of honor. It, you know, uh, you know all, every sport has these ridiculous unwritten rules. And 
later even Brooks said, you know, I, I apologize. I shouldn't even have right, said it. Right. You know, you know what stays in Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas right. kind of thing. So he apologized. And originally Dana Altman, the Oregon coach, said, well, you coach your players, I'll he, coach he mine. He did say that? That wasn't, exact, well, that wasn't the exact quote. But he said, I told him to shoot. If you have a problem with it, come right. to me. But, of course, you know, after a while, you know, everybody has a chance to cool as prevail. Brooks says, well, I do want to be on the national team at some <laughs> yeah, point. I do. And I'm sure Dane Altman yeah. said, you know, I do want to, I got to work in this business. Right. So everybody kind of got on the same page. Well, you know, Coach K was right. You know, right, that right. Stuff. But I, I wrote a column just about imperial coaches in general. I mean, you know, this this was just sort of the latest episode. But all those guys, you know, Mike, uh, Coach Thompson, uh, um, coaches just have the, they're these kind of control freaks. That's even worse in football. Right. Whether it's my way or the highway, right. and they—I I call them uh, emperors. Right. Yeah, these emperor coaches, particularly those who've been there for you know fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, you know, years—they kind of lose perspective. Do you think? Do you think that's part of the reason they're successful? Not really. I mean, uh, well, in a way, I mean, yeah, they're successful because they're allowed to stay there for so mm-hmm. long. You know, yeah. I mean, I just think it. Yeah, you build up a kingdom, and, and, but I also think you build your own rules. You you become a rule, a launcher. It's the same thing with Bayheim. I mean, all these guys, you know, they you become Patino. Right. You, you become a law unto yourself. I mean, that's why I think a lot of stuff he did at, at, at Louisville because with the, the prostitutions and the off-court off stuff with him, you just think that you can pretty much do anything you want because it's your kingdom. You run it. You make the rules. You decide who gets punished, who doesn't, and um, that I, I just think that that's that's what happens. Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. obviously, Coach K, you know, I mean, he gets under people's skin. He's, he kind of has, you know, double standards. You know, his kids. You know, like I think you mentioned it. You know, his kids. Um, what, what's his name? They're, they're, oh, the kid yeah, who tripped. The, the, the best the tripper, this year. The tripper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forget his name. Uh, I'm blanking, uh, but, but he, I mean, yeah, yeah. His name was re- his, his name was referenced right. a lot. So who? Why don't you talk to right, your right, kid? Exactly. So he was one of the, you know, he he had his issues, and and really, Coach K stood up for him, like above yeah, and did. beyond. Like you know, he basically he didn't he didn't reprimand him in any way. The public, you know, definitely not publicly. So yeah, so so when you know you and he's and he's known to be a sore loser. I mean, as, as most as most great coaches are. I mean, they're so competitive, but. You know, Grace and Allen. Yeah, Grace. Yeah, exactly. Grace. Grace, Grace and, and Allen. Allen. Yeah. Um, another. You know, he's a great player, but you know, he has some temper issues, and he took. A, you know, he took a few cheap shots at at people this season, and and Coach K basically backed him up on it. So for him to go after, you know, another kid and try to, it, it is it is a, some sort of elitism almost because, you know, if it's coming from somebody else, then you know. They can't be, it's you know, it can't be the right way to do things. But no matter what my kid does, he was taught well. He's at Duke, so there's a reason for it. Right. So it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, and even the uh, one and dones, I mean, you know, they, before, a law for a long time, he said he's not going to do the one and dones and all that. And, right. uh, and, until you know, until, until uh, it was time to do the one and dones. Yeah, it's time to do the one and dones. <laughs> <laughs> he said that there's the right way. There's a wrong way, and there's right. my way. You'll do it my right. way. And Calipari, who, who's who's the one and done uh, poster boy, 
he's he's always quick to point it out. I mean, whenever he gets called that, he's like, well, what do you mean? Uh, you know, Duke does the same thing. Someone so does the same thing. So, you know, I'm sure I'm sure if we had no Calipari on, he, he could go on for days about this, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, Coach Cal, you put you've been at two major programs, put them both on probation. Let's just <laughs> before you before you before you get on your high horse. You know, you let's because I, I I was looking at you know tweets from Kentucky people, which are unbelievable. Right, right. You know, whenever you get on them, I, I said, well, listen, Coach Cal, Massachusetts leaves on probation, right. Memphis leaves probation, and who knows what's going to happen after he leaves Kentucky? Right. You know, they may decide to take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> let's just take a break from, from this. Well, anyway, let's, uh, enough of enough of people who aren't in the tournament. I mean, Brooks and Brooks and Shishovsky are both looking at the tournament. Uh, what, who do you like? I mean, this is again Syracuse, North Carolina, which I think is intriguing. I like Villanova a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, who's going to win this whole thing? Do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to stick with North Carolina. But in, but that but that second game or that first game on on Saturday night. Uh, Villanova versus Oklahoma is very intriguing. Um, both teams have had great years. Both of those teams, they were both two seeds, but both of them had one seed resumes this year. There were about six or seven teams that had one seed resumes, and, and these were two of them. So it's no surprise really that they got here unless unless people were expecting Nova to choke again, which, which they didn't. Right. And they actually made it to the second weekend and beyond. And to me, Villanova, that's just, you know, it's almost like, you know, it's it's almost like they were very deserving of getting to the Final Four based on what they had been through over the past years. People were people were on them all season about not getting to the second weekend. And then, lo and behold, they do that. And not only that, they get to the Final Four. And as Pat mentioned, they get a Big East team in the Final Four, which was much needed for the, for the conference. I think oh, it man. shows that the uh, Big East well, is right there. It's almost back. Right. Right? Well, 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 how would you say that? To offer, there are five teams left and four but you have one, but, but you have that, one of the that, top four teams. Right. Where's the Big Ten team? Okay. Yeah, where's the right. Big Ten? Where's the SEC? Where's yeah. – uh, I mean, we know where the ACC yeah. is. Well, well, yeah, well, I'm, not, I'm not questioning right. the ACC, but, but where are the other conferences? You know, yeah, no, I, th- I think it gives – Well, you know, the SEC the SEC says, look, you guys, you know that we think <laughs> this, is just, this is just what we do in the wintertime just to keep people right, occupied. Right. No question. But, yeah, so – but I, but it, me personally, I think – well, you know, I'm, I'm probably Big East Coast bias, but um, but it does to me it gives it it gives the Big East credibility. I think they needed it. I think if they didn't have this yeah, oh, team definitely. in the in the Final Four, then you could easily dismiss the Big East and say, oh, you know, like you said, they had five teams in, they didn't get, you know, they had one in the Elite Eight and one, and they only had one in the Sweet Sixteen, I think, right? They had one, yeah. in the, so that's yeah, pretty no, no. bad. And I remember at the time, people, you know, I had on Twitter, I was going back and forth with someone. And they were saying, you know, oh, one in the there's one team in the Sweet 16. That's that's a failure for the Big East. And I said, that's true, unless that one team gets to the Final Four, and you can you can there's an argument to be made, which I'm making now, right, <laughs> that, right. that that they're still <laughs> relevant because they had one of the top four teams. Right, but it's gonna be tough to right. beat Oklahoma because that kid, um, what's his name, uh, Buddy Hield. Yeah, Buddy Hield. He's good. Yeah, no, it's gonna be tough. He yeah, could score. Yeah, and I think I think I'm gonna yeah. I'm leaning towards picking Oklahoma. Um, I was leaning towards picking Kansas too over over uh, Villanova, so I give Villanova a shot. Uh, they played they played early in the season in December. Uh, Oklahoma beat Villanova by twenty three. Uh, both coaches, of course, uh, you know downplayed the significance of that, uh, obviously. But 
you know, at that time, Oklahoma definitely outclassed them early in the season. Both teams are different teams, but Oklahoma's tough. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to go with Villanova just because, you know, there's a Big East bias. good friend of mine who, who helps me run my sports and recreation program in New York, uh, Bill Short, went to Villanova. Uh, and Villanova's a tough team. They remind me of an old DePaul mm-hmm. team yeah, back in the day, the, you know, they called them the Iron Five or something, although they have more players. But they're they're really they're they're a just a tough sort of Philadelphia type of of right. team and uh, you know you know you know how these tournaments go yeah. Jamal but I mean teams that just would look like somebody can't be beaten I mean you don't reach the Final Four by not having something in your pocket that's a knockout right. blow uh, so you don't know but and I was just thinking so what do you think would be the best championship game would it be uh, North Carolina versus um, Villanova? Would it be Syracuse? I mean, what do you think would be the best Final Four game? I mean, I mean, the best championship. Game. Yeah, I think it definitely involves North Carolina because they're the favorite and they're the team that people, you know, they're the big dog, so you want to get that team in there. But I think you can't go wrong with either Nova or Oklahoma. If, if it's Oklahoma, like Pat said, you got Buddy Heald, the player of the year. Um, everybody's talking about him. Remember, people, you know, some people say he's Steph Curry, which is yeah. kind of crazy. But you know, he's very good. He's probably a top five pick. He's probably played himself into being a top five pick right. at this point because of all the exposure he's gotten. And he comes to play in big games. He'll drop thirty on you in in a big game. So that would be huge. And then Nova, if Nova gets there, you have that you have that storyline where you know, tough, gritty Philadelphia team, um, been very good all year, complete team. Uh, they were doubted. People thought didn't think they would even get to the Sweet 16, but they finally made it. You know, so I think you can't go wrong with either UNC Nova or UNC Oklahoma. Well, how big though would it be if it's Syracuse? Yeah, so I was just saying, man, you just did, completely yeah. dismissing, dismissing so, yeah, Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's you guys argue that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking, what would happen if it would be Syracuse Villanova? That, that'd be interesting. I'd old, like that. Wouldn't that be something? East. Oh, but old, yeah, the old Big East. Now that now that how much fun would that be? The year right and behind. You know what? Don't you think that would drive the ACC completely crazy? Yep. To hear to hear all weekend, or not all weekend, but to hear all day Sunday, right. Big East, Big East, Big East. I thought we were done with those guys. <laughs> right, right. Hey, yeah, yeah. Actually, you're convincing me. Maybe I'll go that way. And there be what are they? Or a ten seed, right? Yeah, that's true. You got a ten seed in there. And uh, America, the country loves Cinderella. So would that just be a lot of bandwagon fans for that week for for that night? Sure. Syracuse fans. Sure. And the whole mm-hmm. thing with Bayheim, you know, the whole. Oh yeah. You know, he was just suspended yeah. nine games. The NCAA supposed, you know, obviously NCAA has some sort of issue with him, and he's he stays in their face the entire tournament. <laughs> I know. I, I, that's why I think I think for the sake of media, anything with Bayheim, I think that's what we. Right. And he's good. For. He's going to give you. You know, he's interesting. Give you some quotes. Yeah. Oh, come on! That, that's the only thing I'm talking about. I'm, <laughs> gonna <go with> <laughs> I'm talking about how this relates to right, us. Right. You know, sound bite. I mean, Roy Williams is going to give you. you know, now, Jay Wright wasn't bad, right? Right? Jay Wright's. No, Jay. Yeah, Jay. I mean, but Jay Wright, good. very. You know, Jay. real. You know, extremely polished. You know he'll give you something, but he's you know he's not gonna you know he's not gonna go over overboard or say anything controversial. But Beheim right. will just say whatever he wants to say, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now he's as he said he's I'm almost seventy years old. I can say anything I want. <laughs> so yeah, well, uh, when we come back, 
for Block B, we're going to be talking about a very interesting tournament I'm at where it's what I call sort of a, a tournament of people who are not invited to any of the dances. We'll talk about it when I come back, when we come back in just a few seconds. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. Welcome back, everyone. It's Bill Roden with Jamal Murphy. And it's kind of our freestyle section. I guess I don't know if I should say it. I mean, admit it. <laughs> but but um, I mean, I've been here in, in, in Vegas for a while, and there's a very interesting tournament here. It's called the Las Vegas 16. It was actually supposed to be Las Vegas. It's, it's, it's the Las Vegas 8 because 16 of the team, eight of the teams were invited, backed out. But it's, it's a sort of interesting tournament. It's, it's, it's made up of teams that were not invited to the big dance, were not invited to the NIT, and either were not invited or chose not to attend the other two uh, smaller postseason tournaments that are basically giving everybody sort of a, a last chance to end the season on a, on a good note. And they're, ha- they're holding it here at Mandalay Bay, and it's, it's um, kind of an interesting tournament. They've got some decent teams here, Oakland from, you know, from Michigan, um, Old Dominion. Uh, they're going to play in the championship game. Um, who else was here? Um, um, damn, I was here. I should know <laughs> That's this. A problem. Oh, University of California, Santa Barbara right. is here, Northern Illinois. Uh, Northern Illinois had not been in a, a – they had not been – an NCAA tournament game in 20 wow. years. And you, you see Santa Barbara had not won a tournament game in 25 years. So, you know, it's kind of an interesting concept. I mean, the, the, the auditorium was completely really? empty. I mean, there were like about, you know, 1,000 people where, there. But this is the first year. Where was it in Vegas? At, at Mandalay okay. Bay. Mandalay Bay okay. on the Strip. Really nice right. arena, though. And uh, people were very, you know, people were very, um, the people were there, mostly, you know, family and friends, uh, a couple, you know, just Las Vegas types who just wanted Some to do something. But, yeah. yeah, well, there's one guy, he said he's not ga- he wasn't gambling. But, you know, what it reminds me of, you know what they're doing is that they basically are adopting the football bowl system and that, you know, at the end of the year, all the football teams playing these little meaningless bowl games but sort of to give everybody an opportunity to try to end the season on a high note. So I thought, you know, I think it, it may have it may have some legs. I mean, you know, the NIT and these other two tournaments uh, force teams to actually travel right. two or three right. times to do that. Here, they bring everybody into one destination city, Las Vegas. You stay at the Mandalay Bay. They pay a fee. Each team pays a $50,000 fee, which covers your airfare, your ground transportation, your hotel rooms. You know, of course, the programs pay for the meals. And you get, you know, two, three, four days in Las Vegas, which, you know, not bad, particularly if, if you're a team in the Midwest and the East. So, um, interesting concept. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the fact that it's in Vegas makes it somewhat attractive. You know, who knows? It may t- it may overtake those the CBI and you know, whatever it is, the CBI and the CIT. C- it's the C College Basketball <laughs> Tournament and the college and the College Invitational Tournament, which, you know, I mean, who knew about right. it really? Uh, well, who knew about this? Before I <laughs> no, yeah, nobody knew about <laughs> right. that one. 
but it, but it probably won't be for long. I'm sure I'm sure it'll probably be better next year and, and the year after. I mean, it's basketball. You know, more teams get to play. You know, more. You know, one day it'll be on TV. I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe it might be. Al- it might already be co- being covered. Well, it's already on CBS. The CBS, CBS Sports is televising. Yeah, the, the CBS they picked it. I mean, Fox kind of okay. laughed at them, but CBS said we'll do right. it. I mean, you know, I mean, they, now they're. I think the term is paying for airtime, right. but yeah, they said you know we'll do it. And the way it is now, you could have nobody in the stands, but as long as it's yeah, being televised yeah, nationwide. That's all that matters, yeah. really. Just don't show any and, and, any uh, shots of the crowd, right? <laughs> yeah, tight shots, tight, kind of like like what the women do. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean it's not right, you know. Uh, and actually, what they want to do, to be honest with you, they they're experimenting. They would love to bring the women's tournament to Las Vegas in a wholly whole new reconfigured uh, format. In other words, you know, they they somebody said that the women's tournament is, in terms of money spent to mm-hmm. money made. Is probably like the, the least of all the NCAA tournaments. It's the least productive right. tournament. It lose it just gushes money because they try to do what the men do. You, you know, after you, your first two rounds are played right. at home, then they travel. They said, well, they said rather than that, after the first two rounds, bring sixteen teams to Las Vegas and have a five day tournament where you start with sixteen and then you eliminate. Right. And I think the place will probably be packed. Uh, you have a buzz. You're eliminating all this travel. You're you're you're, you're having teams. It's like it's like a big, it's like a, the big. It's like a conference right. tournament. It's like a conference tournament, except the women are ch- are are um, crowning a national champion. I think they've got something there. The only problem is that the NCAA has a not so much a bylaw, but you can't bring NCAA championships in any sport to Las Vegas. Because of the gambling and what they're trying to do, there's a vote coming up uh, in June, and they're trying to get that rescinded. So by maybe 2018, you could actually bring the women's tournament here. I think that would be exciting. What do you think? What do you think, Pat? I know you don't like anything. No, like that, no, but, I have no problem but, with that. I mean, that's that, that sounds cool. I just I, I know the hurdle, like you were saying about the whole Vegas thing. Everyone thinks if you go to Vegas, you're going to just become an habitual gambler <laughs> right. can't control yourself. It's cor- yeah, it's you corrupt know? or something. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean I mean everybody gambles, I mean, on all right. these games. Um I don't know if what they're talking about if you bring them to the belly of the beast here, you know, for three days or five days, whether it's gonna be some, you know, people mixing with gamblers and slot machines and all that. I mean, I don't know. I mean it seems like it'd be a fun destination, but well, I guess it has to be a consideration. You get something else for like the fans to do on the off time, oh, or yeah. if their team gets eliminated, they could hang out and gamble. But it, I, I mean, are the undergrads who aren't twenty one? Are they all gonna start gambling? I mean, aren't there no, the security yeah, in place and they check IDs? And I don't think it's gonna be like an out of control mayhem. No, and then you know they already no. have you know men's basketball conference tournaments out right. there. So I think yeah, it's exactly. Fine. And I, I think it's a, I like the yeah. idea. I think it's a good idea. And like you said, they're losing money now. Um, it's a way to to at least lessen that blow. And I like it. anything anything that would give the uh, women's game you know more excitement to it. And I think Vegas can do that. I think it's possible. Oh yeah, yeah. And no, I think it's a great idea. Um, so Jamal, tell us. We've been waiting for, for bated breath. <laughs> About this D'Angelo Russell story, what happened? Well, you know, I mean, it's uh, 
it's it's pretty it went it went viral pretty much this morning but the deal is uh D'Angelo Russell the the rookie number 2 overall pick for the Lakers um 19 year old kid it's almost like remember the Kobe Shaq uh controversy oh, where yeah. Kobe uh, yeah. snitched on Shaq supposedly but yeah. you know so yeah. it's like a story yeah. it's even <laughs> yeah. worse yeah. than that really because um so and I don't know why he did it but D'Angelo Russell has he was in a in a hotel room you know, I guess he he was bunk, you know, bedmate, bunkmates with uh with uh, Nick Nick Young, Swaggy P, as most people know him, um, and he's 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 asking him questions about, you know, oh, you went to the club and you met so and so and you did what with her and blah blah blah, and he's taping this, he's videotaping this conversation, oh my God. secretly, video secretly videotaping this conversation, and Nick Young is saying, oh yeah yeah, you know, I hung out with her, you know, this this and that happened and blah blah blah, and you know. Swaggy P is married to the white, the rapper, oh the white uh, female rapper Iggy Azalea, who's who pe- people have mm-hmm. problems with her because she's like she's the hottest female rapper, but you know she's white and people so people have issues right. with that. But he's married to her, and so it's basically almost trying to. It seems like he's trying. He was trying to break up Swaggy P's marriage or something. I don't know. I really don't know why wow. he did it. But anyway, the the video went viral. Um, and because of that, uh, uh, people are ostracizing D'Angelo Russell. Uh, when he walks into the when he walks into the locker room, everybody, n- nobody will sit next to him. He sits down next to Lou Williams. Lou Williams gets up, leaves. Nobody's wow. sitting next to him in the cafeteria. They're they're saying they wow. might have to trade him now because <laughs> he's un- wow. he's untouchable yeah, in the then, locker room. Then, then what's he going to do to the team? He, they go, what, 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 if you get him in the locker room, how are you going to react to him? Trust issues, right? You can't yeah, say anything. Can't, How do you on. know this guy's gonna tape me? And it's <laughs> oh, what am I gonna say? Yeah, it's just yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty it's bad. Man. You can't do that like to your teammates, man. No, you know. I wonder what the backstory. I mean, did, did this was this? I don't revenge? know. So, was this the backstory hasn't come out yet? But I would. I I just can't. It has to be. What are you trying to blackmail the guy? I mean, I trying to think on the other side. It's like okay, I'm gonna tape it as a prank. Right. But the fact that right. it was released means there's so much more there than just like a a gag. Like, yeah. who, you, you know, you're the only one that could have leaked it. Right. So it's like, why did you even do that? Like, why did you do that? Maybe, maybe we'll find out it's a publicity stunt. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe. you know, you know that that uh, maybe her ratings are low or something. So now there'll be the, the, maybe a reality the show. Fun, the fu- the funny know. thing is Iggy Azalea, the, the rapper and Nick Young's wife, she tweeted out and said, she said, oh, I actually like the film. Thanks. Thanks, D'Angelo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Does. So it's all good. She's like, yeah, that, that's world. good. I'm glad I'm glad I, I found it, this it information works, out. Works for me. Oh, oh, but oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's she's golden <laughs> now. I mean, the, the, you know, whatever whatever money she doesn't have, from music, she's gonna get it from yeah, this. Guy. I think she probably makes. She got to make more than him. I mean, even though he makes a lot of money, but she makes. You know, she's she's on top of the game. Yeah, yeah and then it's gonna make and made a lot of money because right. of him, probably, and gonna make even and whatever more, money so, he was he could know, have gotten out of a, a, a you know, and all things equal divorce. I guess he won't get that now. Oh. <laughs> no, forget it. Well, you know, people all you know they always they listen to these kind of stories and they say, well, you know, how come you don't write a, a book of right. fiction? I'm like man, you can't make this stuff up. You know, this this is like fiction. 
like right there. I also think it goes back to what you know, where we always talk about this, what we were just talking about earlier. This, this uh, one and done, and these kids coming into the league so yeah. young. I mean, this is. I mean, what are you doing? You know, you don't. I mean, I wish you would. You need to just stay in school and grow up and mature. So you don't do stupid things like this. This is part. You're not only you know you're you're messing up the game on all kinds of levels. Yeah, yeah. This is. Uh, yeah. Now it's it's I, I you know whether this is a one and done <laughs> or just a maturity right. level. Just you know. Um, well, on that high note, <laughs> let's uh, you know uh, say goodbye and and remind everybody that we're going to be down in Houston at the Final Four, and we're going to do a special edition. Roden, Bill Roden on sports on Monday, the Monday of the championship game. There are going to be a lot of folks in Houston. There's going to be, um, you know, lots of coaches, lots of players. Maybe, uh, what's this guy's name? D'Angelo Russell. You should, be down you should come down here. Yeah. yeah take Taping, the rest of the season off. You know, yeah, just, just my, although we'll, we sit next no, to him. No, if, he, if he volunteers, up, well, we'll man. take, we'll take, I'll take him. <laughs> Not me. We'll try to get ratings. I'll get him. Try to show, show, do a simulcast of the interview. I'll interview Iggy Azalea. Yeah, that'd be Hey, man, it's all good. I'm like, I with her. It's all good. Anyway, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, take care. God bless. And uh, thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.